0: Happy Friday and thank you for joining another special episode of your welcome. You know what? I got to apologize to you for missing on Tuesday. Guys, I hate doing that, but I hope you had an amazing weekend and we're going to make up for it today. Now, coming up on today's program, let's do a deep dive into the rumors behind a fight involving John Jones and Curtis Blaydes. Where did that come from? Oh, and by the way, there's other rumors about Robert Whittaker and Paula Costa maybe not happening after all. All of that is later, but before we get there, guys, the storylines of UFC 281 keep on giving, and that is where we're going to begin. Alex Piera is a big guy. Simple statement, but can we all agree on that? We did not understand what a big guy Alex Pierre was until there was a post-training session, side-by-side photo, Taking of Piera with his five minute earlier workout partner, Dominic Reyes. Dominic is not a small 205 pounder. Dominic's a big man that you could make a case could go up to heavyweight. Now, I don't mean to make this about Dominic, I just mean we're all aware of how big Dominic is. Stands 6'2 and a half. Didn't look small in there against any opponent ever, and that includes John Jones. So now you've got both guys out of camp. In camp, not in the weight-cutting process of the camp. They're at their natural weight. And if you see the photograph, you'll go, wow. I mean, Pierre looks that much bigger than him. Dom looks like 185-pounder. Pierre looks like the 205-pounder. And meaningfully, Pierre was 2 inches taller. I mean, just in that regard. Then he's got the shoulders. He's got the size. They were claiming that he was having to cut over 50 pounds to get to 185. Now, why would anybody do that? Why would anybody do that that was confident enough in their skills, confident enough in their skills they believe they could be world champion because they do world championships at 205 pounds as well? Well, that's where his mentor is at. Go over to Shara. That's where his training partner, that's where the guy who helped him to get these opportunities is at. And to save any weirdness, any potential suggestions even, of a matchup between those two, he just took himself out of the weight class. And it's not, not the first time we've seen this. Daniel Cormier, Kane Velasquez, both undefeated heavyweights. Daniel, training partner and a trainer. That was a totally separate business relationship that they worked out. Daniel was an official trainer of Kane. Your trainer, your coach, you have to trust him at all times, and he will do whatever is best for you. So Daniel said things that's best for me is to go down to 205 pounds. Daniel struggled publicly at the Olympic Games in 2008 at 211 pounds. So how, 10 years later, is he going to go down even more? It's a tough question, but that's the one they dealt with, and that's the way they skinned the cat. So I'm just sharing for you. Pierre is big. Joe Rogan came out and said that Pierre's size is sanctioned cheating. And powerful, very powerful language. I have heard this type of language before. I would just look and say where. I mean, if you're using words like that, you better be specific. Where? The rule in all 50 states and jurisdictions abroad say you must make weight within a window. You must be below the weight class At a specific time. I know you here in America, you're used to Friday morning from 11 to 11, I apologize, from 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. There then is also rules on how you can rehydrate, how you can replenish. Were any of those rules broken? And I'm going to have to superpose that no, there's not even a rumor that they are. Otherwise, the word... Sanctioned cheating would not apply. What if it's just cheating? Pierre had cheated, making weight. Okay, that's very different. Very, very different. He did a blood draw, he gave blood, he then shot blood back in. He rehydrated illegally with an IV. Is that what we're talking about? No. No, he didn't do any of those things. Okay, then I gotta stop you at the first word. If it's legal and it's allowed, we can't use the word cheating. If it's sanctioned and it's acceptable and it's above board, we can't use the word cheating. Are you talking about a sanctioned advantage? That's a debate for another day. I don't see very often in my life the guy that pulls the most weight has the greatest return. I know their careers are a lot shorter. I just grew up in the world of wrestling. It wouldn't matter if it was my high school teammates. The guy on high school... All four years I was there, the guy in high school that pulled the most weight did not go on to wrestling college, did not want to. All of my college teammates, there was only three or four of us that did go on, right? Because you don't have a professional league for wrestling. You've got to go, maybe you've got Olympic aspirations, maybe mixed martial arts is the next closest thing. But of the four of us that went on, none of us cut significant amounts of weight. I really just thought I should clear that up because those are very heavy words. And to say that he had an advantage, we don't even know that. Where would it be? There's a supposed advantage on fight night, but we didn't weigh him in on fight night. We don't know. I mean, I will tell you, I had to cut 53 pounds to get down to 185 pounds, which is the exact same amount of weight that is reported that Piera was pulling. And I will tell you on fight night, Every night, I weighed 202 pounds. That was for a last-minute, short-notice fight. For a of-notice, plenty-of-time fight, where I would cut closer to 30 pounds, on fight night, I would weigh 202 pounds, the exact same thing. One didn't affect the other. If I got back-to-back fights, so my weight never really got very heavy, but I would still have to pull down and get to 185, on fight night, I weighed 202 pounds. You can only put on so much weight. And I'm very comfortable in telling you that for a middleweight to weigh right around 200 pounds, 202, 198, 200, well, you're saying the same thing. There's no advantage. So I, I wonder what that thought would mean. It didn't make him stronger. And it was an interesting comment coming from Joe. Because Joe has commented on guys' weights many, many times over the years, but, but not with a positive outlook. It's always been the perspective of he didn't have enough energy. He cut too much weight. Now all of a sudden you got the guy who at least in front of us, right right above board, has cut more weight than anybody else at least right in front of us above board, having his most energy and finding his best moments and highest amount of power in the very last round, the one that should not be the high octane round for a guy that pulled weight. I mean, cheating is a hell of a thing to say to a guy. Sanctioned cheating is a hell of a thing to say to a guy. There is discussion of hydration tests. There is discussions of body mass index checking these things on certain days which we're going to proclaim the first week of the season. That, that is done in other sports. That isn't done here. And if a rule doesn't exist, then obviously the violation couldn't happen and no cheating took place, but I would like to challenge Joe just to go a step forward and tell me about the advantage. At a minimum, he's saying that the cheater had the advantage. With what advantage can you fundamentally prove was given? We obviously know that training camp wasn't all about focusing on techniques. It was a lot about beating the scale. We obviously know the recovery process. We obviously know how flat he was in the first rounds what about that massive weight cut even led to an advantage let alone an impropriety that's my question so we received a bit of news this week and it's that if francis singano doesn't resign with the ufc then the ufc is going to target curtis blades as john jones new opponent in march now it's a lot and it's got people talking this week. I want to weigh in on this story from a few different angles. Jones versus Blades, what do you think? Guys, you know where I'm getting that from, right? You saw you saw the headlines that came out yesterday. If Angano doesn't heal, which is an interesting comment, by the way, because I thought what we were waiting on was Engano was and a contract. But I know that's in conjunction with a knee surgery. So the way the headline was worded is if Engano doesn't heal. Now, I interpret that to mean that quietly the contract is getting itself worked out. That is a leap of faith by me at a minimum. I don't have information on that, but I'm trying to share with you how this article that I'm quoting got us to this point. Then it will be John Jones versus Curtis Blades. I want to say that's in March. So, just hold that thought. What do you want to see? It has appeared for a meaningful amount of time, guys. Two years. It has appeared that you have a round robin of A, John Jones, Francis, and Gano. The end. And nobody spoke up and nobody's argued that we should do anything else other than that round robin. Aside from me. Aside from my frustration that somebody should get involved in that mix. Now, Curtis Blade, stylistically, for sure, without an exception, is the hardest match for John Jones. And I think that's interesting. Right? The return of John Jones is not about the return of Michael Jordan, the return of Simone Biles, right? It's not about the return of this great athlete who you've missed. It's about seeing John get beat. So we thought we were gonna tell that story or at least create that curiosity by moving John up a weight class and putting him in there with somebody much bigger than him. So now there's at least a question of does size matter and if so, how much? Let's not break down who's better because we've been doing that with John for many years and regardless of what our hopes are, John's better. That's been proven. Skill for skill and move for move. We just haven't seen a talent like John. So now we're going to j- throw it in. It can be any name at all. We understand that John's better before we even have the conversation. But can the other person's deficit in skills to John be made up for in the size advantage we're going to spot them? That's the question. That is the storyline. We're going on three years of trying to tell this story, which, by the way, has my interest But I can't make for believe for you is worth a three-year buildup or is even all that interesting. Do you remember the night that we saw Pacquiao fight Mayweather? Mike Tyson from some comp seats in the fourth row made one comment about that fight. And he said it very condescendingly and he said, we've waited 10 years for this and that was all he said. But you know what? It's all he needed to say. We all understood what Mike meant. And I only bring that to you because the storyline of John Jones and the story going into this next night, where John wants to make some more money, John can make some more money if more of you are interested. That's it. Real straightforward. So you got to do your best to have a really good story. We don't have a really good story, but we do have a story, which is John is going to go up. He is going to give up some size. Is those pounds he's spotting the opponent going to make up for the superior skill? that we already accept as the audience, John has. There you go. There you go. So we had Francis Ngannou at one point. Now, that was compelling as hell. you got to go back in memory to remember that, but it was compelling. You've got John Jones, who's the 205 king, is going to go up to heavyweight. Now, we also thought that this would be in four or five months. We had no idea that this was going to be three years, but just hold that. I want to say Stephen A. Smith referred to that matchup is the biggest thing that has ever happened to the UFC. I know I'm close with that quote. I mean, don't forget, I'm going back three years and it's off the top of my head, but it's a big comment and Stephen A was not without of bounds to have said it. It was a big deal. So we don't even, we don't even know if we've got that anymore, but let's move on. How did we get past Steve A it was going to be Stipe and Jones. And we know we're going to do Stipe and Francis because, right, the true trilogy. Like, we understand that. Stipe put on some size. That's going to be a really interesting story once that starts to get told. But we've got two problems with Francis. One, we have to widely accept and cheer for him, which is the healing of his knee. The other one is a contract dispute, which, frankly, is none of our business. So how do we get to the point of Curtis Place? How do we get a fourth man into this? I'm glad we did it. I think that it's the right move. Whether it was going to be surreal, whether it was going to be Tom, whether and in this case it's going to be Curtis Blades. But how did we get here? Curtis didn't do it. Curtis didn't speak up. Curtis didn't say a damn thing. Somebody at the UFC got frustrated with this round robin that we've waited years on. And somebody over there had the bright idea that we're going to move on, and it sounds like we are. We're going to move to Curtis Blades. Now, whether that match materializes or that match is used in the media as a bargaining chip that we can That we know how and that we're willing to move on. Either way, I wanna know what you guys think about Blades versus Jones. All right, so Curtis and John, this really is a hot topic. So it's a really interesting topic. But make sure you understand why this is brought to us and how you're being used. I mean, make sure that you understand that you are being used as pawns in a game of chess. to represent your temperature on how much you like that fight. Because if you love Blaze versus Jones, right, that, that one's just gonna have to be done. That is just gonna have to fall in your lap and be done. Book the arena, pop the popcorn, set up the chairs. Are people interested in that? Yes or no? Because these two can't build it. John is never gonna have any interesting story with Curtis Blaze, not even that he's going to manufacture, not even if I called him up on the telephone and gave him one. He will not regurgitate that to you guys. Curtis has never asked for this fight. The only fight that Curtis has asked for publicly of the Jones-Stipe Francis is Stipe. And he did it very politely. He said, I used to train with the guy. I think I can beat him. I respect him. I think I can beat him. Fair enough. He never inserted himself. And I'm talking about Curtis. He never inserted himself into John Jones. But here we are. Now, I'm just explaining to you why. Why that little elitist club of, of round robin heavyweights who have all think they can go play by themselves and they've gotten away with it. They've gotten away with it for years. What's happening is we're now coming to the media, and we're asking you, we're warming you up to the idea. We're taking your temperature. If you hate this, and if I was explaining to you how the analytics works for we know what is a good idea versus we don't, I would probably bore you, but I would probably open your eyes pretty quick and you would really be understand fast why this idea is being floated. If this bombs, then we come back to the little elitist club. We talked to Francis in a different way. We talked to Steve in a different way. We talked to John Jones in a different way, and we and, and we try to get this whole thing sorted out. It's taken three years. At some point, we have to get on with it. And the only problem that I can foresee in bringing in Curtis Blades is you still got one of uh, you got one of the three that have been nothing but rotten for years in John. If you can't count on John to do anything else, why are you going to be able to count on John? To go and do this. Now, let's get around that. This is a prize fighter. He had not had a prize in a long time. He's going to need to fight. Let's just assume that John's at the table. Okay, great. But in case you're wondering why an idea out of left field is being floated today, in November, for a match that is slated on paper at best, the most secure this fight is, is slated somewhere in March is to take your temperature. Can we bring in a fourth guy? Is somebody else interesting? Because those three guys, while I'm sitting here complaining that they're over here, those three guys have done nothing wrong in all fairness. John Jones, Steve and Francis have done what they are supposed to do. They can go grab themselves and they can go over here and they can make everybody else dance to their tune. They're doing what they're supposed to do, but you've got an entire field, all the rest of the boys and the biggest heavyweights are supposed to be tough guys. It's hard to find anybody less tough than a cage fighter. Truly, they've got skills. They'll hurt you, but they are not tough. There's, it's really hard to find a bigger group of wimps than heavyweight cage fighters. The mere fact that an entire field of the heavyweight, bigger, baddest guys let three guys determine their future for as long as they have. And by the way, does anybody defend Curtis like me? Does Curtis have any defender bigger than me? I can't give Curtis any credit. Curtis didn't do anything to get put over there. Somebody at the UFC is done chasing their tail with those three and is pulling an idea and wants your guys' temperature. And frankly, I do too. Where are you at on that? Are we good with this? I'm good with it. Let's move on. We got a little bit younger guy in Curtis. Got a little bit bigger guy in Curtis. The only thing that we have to have when we put John back in there is somebody that weighs more than John. The whole story around John is only contingent on John being lighter. So we fulfilled it. Now after you do that after you do what I just said I will maintain which what I have for years which is without question the hardest stylistic matchup out there for John Jones is Curtis Blades The holidays are right around the corner, and this time of year can be very exciting, but for some of us, it can also be very stressful. You're trying to figure out how you're going to make ends meet and shower your loved ones with gifts. Dave is here to help you out if you're in a pinch so you can enjoy the holiday season. I wish I had, Dave, when I was in my early days of fighting. Boy, those were some really tough times, lots of struggles, and they were especially rough Around the holidays, guys, Dave is a banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. With Dave, there's no interest, there's no late fees, and no credit checks. That's more money to buy those last-minute gifts, catch up on your bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you without any of the hang-ups. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a bind and you need a little bit of help, listen to Uncle Chael and download Dave. The future you will thank you and me. Guys, download the Dave app from the app store right now or go to Dave.com. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Anthony Smith had what the kids online called a hot take. He was talking about John Jones. And I want to tell you what Anthony said because I want you to hear me. If you read what Anthony said, you're going think, man, that wasn't very nice. But it was. It didn't read nice. You had to hear what Anthony said. Anthony was very complimentary to John Jones, very complimentary of how good John is. But Anthony wanted to give a real analysis of the skills. So he said if you break John into into any one department or compartment, you can beat him. You can find guys in our sport that if they just went out of boxed, John versus somebody within our sport under contract that, just have a box where that person would be the better boxer. Anthony maintained that you could find somebody if you put them in a wrestling match, had them shake hands and they and they go, that you could find guys within our sport that would win over John. He then uses again with jujitsu, saying there's grappling, pure no-gi grappling versus John. There's guys that can beat him, but when you put it all together, he's very crafty, he's very dynamic, and he uses these pieces. I, I bring that to you because if you read it, you thought, well, those were fighting words by Anthony Smith. Where did that come from? But if you heard it, it's a very fair point. I mean, it, it got me thinking about that. I would bet on John Jones in anything. I might lose my money. I might lose my money. But I would bet in John Jones in anything. If if John jo- here, I'll, I'm gonna disgust you guys. But I don't say this with an exaggeration. This is true. If John Jones was entering Abu Dhabi tomorrow, and Gordon Ryan was in the bracket, I'll bet on John Jones. The roast away. Go ahead. If John Jones is gonna go over to heavyweight boxing and take on Tyson Fury, I'm gonna bet, I'm gonna bet on John Jones. I get it. I better be able to cover my debt. He, he's going to be a massive underdog. Problem is, I just don't know how good John is, but neither do you. Like, let me give you an example. A lot of people in the wrestling community have not embraced John as a wrestler. Which I can tell you privately hurt his feelings. That's how John sees himself. And he sees himself as a representative of the wrestling community of which didn't embrace it. It hurt his feelings at one point. But the reason that came is John wasn't the NCAA champion. John was not the Olympian. Now, l- let me just stop you right there. John didn't try. It's super important that you know this. John Jones was not the NCAA wrestling champion. He was not a Division One All-American. John Jones didn't enter the tournament. John Jones was not the Olympian for the... We got Olympians around here. He wasn't an Olympian. John Jones didn't enter the tournament. You want to be an Olympian? There's a tournament called the Olympic Trials. Go win it. I'm just sharing for you. You want to be an NCAA champion? There's a tournament called the NCAA... You've got to go enter it. The highest level that John ever entered, anytime John ever did enter, he won. When he was in high school, the biggest thing he ever went to was the state championship. He was the state champion. When he went to college... He was in something called a J.C., but they'll play it all the way through to a J.C. championship. He won. I might mention for you, is the highest thing he won, and it's the exact same tournament at a different weight class that Curtis Blades won. Now, you might find that interesting. There was a clip. John Jones drives me nuts. John Jones drives me crazy. I would never deny what I'm seeing. And, And I'll tell you, When I say I'd bet on John in anything, John came out and did a no gi grappling match against a two-time Olympian named Dan Henderson. And the fun and the playfulness that John had in it while being dominant, it stayed with me. There was an event. And this is very interesting, right? Like, you've seen John Jones fight so many times, so what? Think you know all about him. You go to his Instagram and see John Jones fighting and training and doing such things, but somebody that you have less access to. You go do a John Jones fight right now. You put it on the internet. You're probably gonna get eight hundred thousand views. They're out there. I just guess. Go see how right I am. You go do a John Jones Instagram and he's fighting. You're probably gonna do ninety-five to one hundred twenty-five thousand views. They're out there. Go go check. See how accurate I am. You do a spotty, homemade, people in the way, no audio, clip on a beach. Of Hicks and Gracie getting into it with Hugo Duarte, you will have five million people stop what they're doing to click on that. And frankly, that's the good stuff. I mean, that's the stuff that we really like to know. We love to hear an underground story about Bruce Lee, whether it was training or some dust that he got, dust up he got in. We love to hear about this stuff. John Jones had one of these. And he was signing autographs somewhere. Many, many years ago, he was signing autographs. And whatever he was signing, they, they had a jiu-jitsu tournament going on in conjunction with it. It was like a big expo. And, you know, this guy's selling you gis over here. And this guy's selling you DVDs. And, oh, by the way, we got a jujitsu tournament going on. Oh, and John Jones is in the corner. Go get his autograph. This guy walks up to John Jones. This guy's a brown belt. And it's all the guy does is jiu No gi jujitsu. jitsu He's in the tournament. He prepared for it. He trained for it. He made weight for it. If you go watch this video, you might, you might be underwhelmed. But I'm telling you it exactly the way that it happened. This guy walks up to John Jones and he challenges him to a match. Now, the guy knew that he was going to do that. The guy probably thought he was going to be shunned. John Jones left the autograph booth and walked to the mat. There's no way that anybody thought that John would accept this, that John's going to go do any kind of competition without being prepared. Without training, for goodness sake, he didn't even stretch. He decides to do this guy who's challenged him a favor, decides to be nice to him. Now, the guy's got a brown belt. John doesn't. This is an old story, and this is out there. But this is one of those things that should have created folklore. John walks onto the mat, and John handles the guy as though he's dealing with a fan. John dismisses this guy with a condescension. Of Without knowing anything about you, I know I have nothing to worry about with you. John is smiling. John is speaking to the guy. John is going through positions in slow motion, letting the guy work before John defends it almost effortlessly. But if you go watch that tape, don't watch John, watch the other guy. You will come to a vastly different understanding. That dude wasn't playing. That dude was not planning to lose. That dude was not unprepared and unwarm and signing autographs and distracted. He was out there to get the jump and send John Jones to the hospital and make himself a name. John played with him before finishing him. This guy's a brown belt. I mean, but this is how good John, when I tell you I won't bet against him, is for little things like that. And if you guys know the video I'm talking about, you've you've just chale. How could you do that? How could you give John any credit? John was bigger than that guy, he was taller than that guy. Please stop. John was there to do autographs. That dude was there to compete. John had a purple belt. That dude was a brown belt. That dude got a good night's sleep the night before I would trust. John got in from the club at three in the morning. John played with him like a child and finished him. And when it comes to combat, whether I like him or not, I I get Anthony's point. I know what Anthony's saying. Me telling you John could beat up Tyson Fury in boxing, I better be ready to lose my money. Me telling you that John could win Abu Dhabi when Gordon's in the bracket, I better have that money because I'm probably going to hand it over. But I'm telling you now, if John Jones is doing it and it's combat, I'm taking John. I brought more Anasanya versus Pierre and to you guys earlier. But now I want to circle back to middleweights. Because we got an exciting matchup supposedly coming up in the not-too-distant future. Paula Costa, Robert Whitaker. Guys, deja vu. I mean, deja vu. I'm going back in time. What am I? A couple of years? Gonna be an ABC show. ABC that could be the biggest opportunity. That anybody in the sport of fighting has ever had, anybody in the sport, that includes Dana White, that includes Bruce Buffer if you want. Anybody that has made a career out of this and is within this industry understands we're in the industry of getting people to watch and being on ABC, boom, number one opportunity. So, I'm going to headline this thing, Paulo Costa and Robert Whitaker. Paulo Costa said no said, I need a new contract, and I need more money, and this is ABC, and this is different eyeballs, and I know what this means, and it's going to be a main event, and it's going to be a whole bunch of rounds, and guys, wasn't Whitaker champion back then? Do I have that part wrong? I mean, I'm doing this off the top of my head in terms of timeline, but wasn't that going to be a world title fight? Or Whitaker just lost the belt to Izzy. Before we get to the bottom of that detail, we we don't necessarily need it for me to prove my point. All of these things were told to us when Paulo Costa came in and said, not so fast. I'm not agreeing to these terms. And whatever happened behind the scenes, I only know what happened in front of the scenes. And we held that event with Max Holloway and Calvin Cater in the headliner role. Never came about. Paulo Costa wasn't bluffing. He knew the opportunity. He did not want to miss it. He felt that he was in a position of leverage. He knew that it had been announced. Nobody in business, particularly this one, wants to rewind an announcement. It's my job to have it right when I come out and tell you. So you can have a guy. You can have a guy in a tough position. But we moved on right with it. It's been a couple of years. And now we find ourselves again. And what do we know about this? Going to Australia. It's going to be a main event. It's going to be Whitaker versus Paulo. We've got a date for it, which I don't have off the top of my head. I want to say it was in February. And Paula Costa comes in and says, hold on. I've seen all this stuff. I've read everything. But I want to disclose for you, I have not signed the agreement. Oh, and by the way, I'm not going to sign the agreement unless. So, I'm purely sharing deja vu. I do not speak out against Paula Costa. I've disclosed that for you guys. No, no since the ultimate fighter. I have poor pull for Paulo. It's a risky game. It's a very risky game, right? It's like anything in life, but particularly business. If you bluff, you must be ready to live with the bluff. If you make a move and you get called, you've got to be ready to live with it. And I think that Paulo is because he already has the exact same position. And there's ways of checks and balances. Okay, great. Your next fight won't be as big. Now, that for sure is true. That's not the UFC trying to be mean. Whatever Paulo does that will not be as big as ABC. So now you start to, hey, are you sure that's what you want? Yeah, that's what I want. Okay, well, you're not guaranteed a main event. Okay, I'll fight in a co-main event. Okay, so you you want a lower placement on the card in front of less people. You understand this is what you're asking for. You understand that this isn't a position where I pay you more. I'm giving you more in form of attention and promotion, which is what we're doing here. Yes. Okay, right? I mean, if you're in the office, you're surprised by that answer. But you now have your answer. And you know I can't waste a whole bunch of time because I've already been in this spot and I got this same result once before. Apparently, we needed to have this signed. Apparently, whoever I went to before I made the announcement that represented Paulo gave me bad information. I don't like that. I have to be able to rely on the information that I'm given. But we're in the same spot. What do you do? Another piece to the checks and balances. Right. So, less eyeballs, lower placement on a card. Third spot to checks and balances, I'm going to give you a harder fight. Well... Son of a gun. How? Uh, Who's harder than Robert Whitaker? And by the way, are you sure that guy you're going to pull out for money, are you sure that this hard guy that you're going to throw out to the unwilling participant can deal with the Terminator? I'm not. I don't know who you got in mind. But I know the roster real well. There's nobody Paulo can't beat. The guys on the roster won't pretend that there is. Maybe they'll say, hey, I can beat him, but they'll concede, but he can beat me too. I think Robert Whittaker would be his candidate to say, I can beat Paulo Costa, but he can beat me too. I better prepare. Everything's got to go right, and this is what we got to do. I'm just sharing for you the checks and balances within our sport. It's pretty hard. What are you, you going to do? I'm asking you. I mean, you want to go to the final option? You, you want to just go to the red button and not give him a fight and starve him out, and that's how we stick it to you? Yeah, well, you don't want to do that either. You, you don't want to do that. It's, all, it's always give and take. You always want to find a way to get it done. Not to sit on it and just free. It's just not. So what do you do? I'm asking, I'm asking you a question. It's a tough one, right? You think fight promotion's easy. You think promoters don't pay enough. Well, you think they don't pay enough because you think they don't earn their money. You think they don't earn your money because you don't understand all the stuff that they have to do. So what would you do? I hear you being smarty pants all the time. Tell me how you're going to handle this one. Are you going to pay more money? If you pay more money and that's your answer, I'm fine with it. You've answered and you've played this game. I will just share with you, you've done nothing exciting here. There's nothing intelligent about that. Nothing. You're going to solve a problem by writing money, you just write. You, you, you didn't have it, so what are you going to do? What are the checks and balances? What is the other side of the coin that he's going to have to fall into? It's not going to be ABC. Okay, that's true. That's going to just happen. Is he? Are you going to pull him off of pay-per-view? Okay, great. I'm not positive that this one particular... I'm not sure that he cares. Are you going to give him a harder opponent? Okay, great. Who? Who are you going to find that is harder than Robert Whittaker? So it's just a spot, right? I mean, it's just a spot that we're in. I guarantee we didn't just get here. Nobody thought that they had Whittaker and Paulo and went out and made an announcement. Guys, we've been sitting on this three weeks. We might almost be a month into it. We might almost be a month. I've been on vacation for a week. There was another week in there. There was this something else, and it was before that that I heard about this fight. So I mean, I'm just sharing with you. Somebody was given some information that wasn't accurate. That's not good. But we're in the spot. That's a match that we want to see. We got to preserve Whitaker. Whitaker hasn't done anything wrong. It's in Australia. That's where he's from. There's a reward. Gonna keep Whitaker on the card. All right, if you go back to the last ABC card, we pulled that whole fight completely. We put in Max and Cameron. It was a completely different weight class. All right, so you understand it's Australia. You understand you got Whitaker. You understand this is already promised. You understand you've already got this negotiation. You have 50% of it done, but you got to put him against somebody. That somebody we'd like to see is Paulo Costa, but we got to get Paulo to want to do it. We got to get him to say yes. If the decision is yours, if you're tasked with this, tell me how you do it. Let's continue moving down the ladder from 185 pounds to 170 pounds where the UFC appears to be changing course on a certain welterweight matchup. Looks like they're targeting Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. Awesome. That's an awesome match. That would mean that they're no longer targeting Gilbert Burns and Mosvital. Now, I can't give you guys all the answers. I just can't. I I don't want that to upset you. But there's certain paths that you could go down that I could lead you down. That if you went down them and you reached the end of it, your mind and the way you view and your understanding of our industry would change. Shockingly. I could send you on a number of paths, but if you just get just one of them, you'll start to get it very differently. I would never expose the business, and not my job to. You can't go to any library and check out a book on this business. you can't go to any college in the world and major in this. You also can't meet anybody that's going to give you the answers. It's a very closed mouth business for very good reasons. There are for sure not more than five men, human, alive, that understand it. Do you know why we do a ceremonial weigh-in? I'm going to stop right there. I'm I'm not going to say another word. If you go down that path and you get to the end of the road and you find that out will change your understanding and your knowledge of the industry, which is very rare, very, very unknown. Do you know why you only fight where there's a commission? Do you know why if you fight somewhere they don't have a commission, you bring one and it looks like your people, and it'll be shown to the world as it's your people, but they're not. They will be a separate entity made up of your people. They will be a separate entity that will oversee you. Do you know why? Do you know why pay-per-view points are so coveted? Do you know how your career could be ended if you have them? It's the delicre of the contract, of the participation in our industry. There is nothing more beautiful that your contract could come with. pay-per-view points and do you understand why if you have them could stop your career do you understand that do you understand why ronda rousey who was easily top 10 i would argue top five and somewhere around number seven is likely most accurate did not fight again. When anybody else that was top set would have continued. Anybody else that was a main event would have continued. Do, do you understand where what she came and told the world as to I'm done and I'm going over here. Versus why she told the world because of what she was. I mean, do you understand some of these things? Do you care? Do you do, do you want to know that? Do you understand? I'm just sending you on paths. Go down any one of them. You should get to the end of one of these roads. Do you know why the BMF has never been defended? Do you know why the BMF will never be defended? From a business standpoint, from a contractual standpoint, do you understand? Do you know what the problem would be? Do you understand? Use Colby Covington as a great example when he had an interim championship and never lost and woke up and was not the interim champion one day. Do you understand why? So George Masvidal is apparently not going to fight Burns. And Magny's coming in. What do you draw from that? What do you think that means? What What do you think that means if that fight happens? What do you think that means for George Mosvedal? What do you think will be next for him? Where do you think he goes from here? What's the big deal if he fights Gilbert Burns? So what? That was kind of between the two of them. And the crowd wasn't like demanding that. You love Gilbert Burns and you love George Moss. Well, you put them together and it seems to make sense. You got a good night there. But now if you're bringing in Magny and you're keeping Burns, Burns doesn't know two words. Burns doesn't know, no. He, he no He doesn't know that word. It's like when Burns was trying to be bilingual and he was trying to like, it was as though somebody played a joke on him and only taught him how to say yes. What do I say in this situation? Yes. This is what you say, Go. You say yes. What do I do if somebody emails me and they want such and such? You say yes. What do I do if they text me? Say yes. What do I do if they call me? Say yes. What do I do if they walk up to me and tell me happy birthday? Say yes. What do I do if they walk up to me and they say, what would you like for dinner tonight? Say yes. It was. It was like somebody played a joke on him because he only knows how to say yes. He only does say yes. I don't see that being rewarded the way that I would like. And I I won't be much stronger than that. I won't be a lot stronger because he got his world title fight. He got huge feature matches. But he only says yes. What do you do? Why would pay-per-view points be a problem? Why, if your contract calls for pay per view, which is the number one thing any fighter could even dream to have, anybody that wants to make a career this, that someday is going to stuff and they're going to use the word retired? I'm retired. I'm retired represents a whole bunch of stuff. If you're just quitting the sport to go and do something, just say I quit the sport. You're retired, you're representing something. You're representing that, 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 that this has worked out. Why would it be a problem to have pay-per-view points? If that's your dream, if that's everybody's, why would that be a problem? Why would Chael use that word? Why would Chael told me if I go down the road of finding out why pay-per-view points are a problem as opposed to a wonderful position, what's he talking about? Go down that road, get to the bottom of it. By the time you get there, You'll find out why we do a ceremonial weigh-in. You'll find out why we only fight with a commission. You'll find out that when we bring a commission, even if there are personnel, they're not. They're a separate entity. Every time. you found out why Ronda left the sport. You'll stumble across why old Chael announced that he was leaving the sport the night he did it. Acted like it was his idea. You'll see why the BMF has never and will never be defended. You'll see why Colby, without losing, had the belt taken off. And you'll also begin to see the problem with what was supposed to be Masvidal and Burns is now Burns and Mackie. To close out today's show, some thoughts on what some of you nerds incorrectly are calling the biggest event in sport. What's up, soccer fans? Are you a soccer fan? If you're a soccer fan, raise your hand. How about we do it that way? I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I don't believe any of you. Ariel Hawani is who I go to every single day, multiple times a day. I go right to his Twitter account. Ariel goes out, he does all this hard work. He was interviewing Kayla Harrison, just by example, this morning. I will see that tonight, and I will sit down in this chair, and I will talk about his interview that he lined up, that he did all the work for, that he brought to the world. I will do nearly no work. I will take the credit, and I will make money. That is what I do. I don't break stories. I don't don't go to guys. I seldomly do an interview. Many people would refer to me as a hack. I've never been called a hack because I whip somebody's ass. But I know that inside they think of me that way. They wouldn't be wrong. And I go to Ariel's page over the last couple of days to get stories to bring to you. And you know what I find? Soccer. Lots of Soccer. There was even trading cards that Ariel's son, Oliver, God bless him, shout out to Oliver, had paid money for, opened up, and they were of soccer players. I don't believe it. I don't think Oliver watches soccer. I don't think Ariel shelled out to get cards. I think he screenshotted it. And brought it to the world because you're pretending you like soccer. I don't believe you. I don't believe that you can like that sport. And I, and I got to tell you, I don't respect a lot of sports. I don't think a lot of sports are sports. I, I don't think uh, golf is a sport. I think it's an activity. I mean, I'll just share with you. And I did 22 years in sports. I've earned that right. I've earned the right to that opinion. I wouldn't begrudge soccer. Soccer does some pretty cool stuff. I mean, soccer is like the U.S. Postal Service, rain, sleet, or snow, they'll play. I respect that. I think it's hard. I don't think that you work unless when you go to work, you have a reasonable expectation to get sweaty and or dirty. If you don't have a reasonable expectation to get sweaty and or dirty, please don't tell me you work hard. That's just me. Don't tell me that. I think that you have a job. I respect people that have a job. I have a job. But there's something very different in working. So I'm being very fair. I really like soccer. I respect that about it. They get sweaty and dirty. They meet Chael's qualifications. I don't think you like it. It's easy. Anybody could play it. I don't mean the sport itself is easy. Like, you've got to get in shape. You're not going to meet a fat soccer player. They're all in really good shape. What I'm talking about is it's easy to be involved. They have neighborhood leagues, by example. You can start where I live at 5 years old and most people do. You can play in junior high. You can play in high school. There's clubs throughout college. I could count on one hand how many people that I personally know that did those things. I really could. I go with Heather Wright, I'll go with Eric Wilson, I'll go with Eric Benson. I got two fingers left and I could I, I could I could go with Shane who married Darren's sister I'll go with my own sister. My own sister play. There you go. There's five. I had to work a little bit hard to come. I mean, one of them was my own sister. I, I, I have to work for Why don't you play soccer? If you love soccer, how much you don't play? They have it everywhere. You look out your way. There's a soccer field. It's always empty, of course. But there's a soccer field. They The balls are everywhere. Every sports show in, in the world. If I told you guys you were going to box, you wouldn't even know where to get the gloves. You wouldn't know where to find a mouthpiece. Just by example, like some of these things are hard. Any. Sports floor, you can get soccer. You get a little shin, put your little shin pads on in case the person kicks you with his cleat. You go get all the equipment. How come you don't do it? It's a long, drawn out game. And no one wants to see it. I will tell you what, I'll put it on. If I thought I could make a dollar in soccer, I would have put it on. I put on wrestling tournaments, I put on concerts, I put on grapple defense, put on mixed martial arts. Never put on a soccer game. Never put on a soccer game because I'm not sure that I could get anybody to come. I went to sporting events when I was in high school. I like the Westland Lions. I like them to this day. I've never been to a soccer event. I don't know who the coach is. I'm not looking to be a dick about it. I don't know. But I don't think that you do either. I don't think that you're a fan. I don't think Ariel bought soccer cards. I don't think Oliver opened it and got excited. I don't think Ariel came over his shoulder and took a picture. I don't think any of those things happened. I don't think that the World Cup is very interesting, but I don't think that you think it's interesting. There was a soccer event and it was the World Cup, but it might have been the Olympic Games. It might have been because it just happened. It was women's and the women's coach had to come apologize universally, could apologize to the world on a world stage, she had to apologize. It was the US team. Was it our Olympic team or a World Cup team that I'll share with you? I don't know. She had to apologize because we beat a team eight to three. Apparently, you don't run up the score in soccer. That's a bad thing to do. That was disrespectful. That you would win a game by five points, and she gave the apology. She didn't want to. It was a very backhanded compliment. I remember what or backhanded I remember what she said. She said, "This is a sport." based on point differential, but she was trying to explain why we had points, why we needed points, why we needed to make sure we had padding within points because time is still on the clock. This matters. This is a big deal. This is the World Cup or this is the Olympics and it's every four years. She was like trying to explain these things, but she was on stage giving the apology. Nonetheless, I couldn't understand it. Why would you ever let a child go into anything that has that mentality? You give an apology if you had the ability to have it 11 to 3. That's where you owe the apology. That's where your job is on the line. If you had the ability to have it 11 to 3 and you only had it 8 to 3, now we have something to talk about. Or we don't. Or what are you teaching the kids? Why would you teach them that? Why would you disrespect the other team? Why would you not bring your best skills? Why would you not do everything you could to win? Why would you not be a competitor? Why would you not be vicious about it? Why would you not plan to do that to the first team, the second team, the third team, and any other team that wants to step forward? Why? And why do none of you know what I'm talking about? Why have none of you corrected me on who that coach was? Why have none of you told me if that was the World Cup or the Olympics? It was a big deal when it happened, but I know why you're not answering. I know why you're not telling me. Because just like Oliver, Shout out to Oliver, just like the great Ariel Hawani, Shout out to Ariel. You don't like soccer. Once a year, you pretend you like soccer, and I don't know why. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Hey, if you want more of Old Jail, go subscribe at my YouTube channel. We release new videos daily, and if you're unable to check out the podcast. It's a great place to get your fix. Oh, and by the way, I hope you have a great weekend because we're going to be back on Tuesday. Until then, I'm Shale Sonnen, and you are welcome.